Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Thursday, October 6th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got a look at Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Number two, Speaker Nancy Pelosi and House Energy Commerce Chair Frank Pallone are sharing their concerns over a $5.4 billion Tegna takeover. And number three, a look around the political ad space. All right, Jake, let's get into it. As we often do uh, in times of potential change, we always love to look at the leadership, what's motivating them, where their wins are, where their weaknesses are. And we are starting this off a little more than 30 days before the midterm election with an in-depth peek at both Schumer and McConnell in terms of kind of what's their standing, I guess, uh, within their own caucus and conference. Yeah, let's start with uh, Schumer, who is going to sail to re-election. Um, he is a uh, he's up for re-election right now. He will become the longest-serving senator in New York State history. New York is a big state, so um, that's that's kind of a, a good stat to have. It was an interesting, though. Remember, right? we, we you know months ago talking about him worried about the left flank. Was AOC going to potentially think about a run against him? I mean, it, that kind of he really was able to squash any question of of that at all. Womp womp. Yeah, no, he did not. <laughs> he had no challenge. <laughs> he has like something like 20 or 30 million dollars in the bank he just gave away or committed to give away as we scoop 15 million dollars to candidates and other efforts to to keep the Senate majority I, I will say this I mean he's had he's had a, a lot of big victories right the chips bill was huge inflation reduction act is huge um he had to hit the pause button on um on uh same-sex marriage, which was not a defeat, really. It was just kind of a uh, recognition of the reality that he didn't have enough votes to get that done. Um, let's look ahead for a second um, at the lame duck. Um, Schumer will have to navigate a tricky lame duck, no matter who is the is in the who wins the majority in November, uh, thirty-three days from now. Um, Let's talk about DACA. I mean, in Texas, a federal appeals judge ruled that DACA was unlawful. Anna, you and I have been covering the efforts to get some immigration legislation done for longer than either of us would care to admit. Um, They are going to push damn hard, I would say, in the lame duck. I mean, we're already seeing. I already got some emails about it last night. Um, I, I mean... The Senate, the House and the Senate, remember, will still be Democratic in in 2020, in the end of 2022, no matter what happens in the election. Um, I can make the argument and perhaps we will in a in a pre, in a uh, future edition, not in a previous edition. I can't go back in time, but in a future edition um, that uh, it would be wise politically for the administration to push real hard Um for a deal in the lame duck when Democrats control everything. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, listen, let's just, uh, I I mean, we can take DACA aside. First of all, I would just say, I I think... Schumer entered this uh, this role untested. A lot of people questioning whether or not, um, you know, he was going to be up to it. He was a consensus leader. He had some missteps. There was a lot of questions about whether or not they were going to even be able to get, um, you know, anything close to the Inflation Reduction Act. So certainly, 
uh, I think his caucus is squarely behind him in a way that that wasn't necessarily assured. So one, I think that is important to note. I think the second question, though, you know, is is really looking, you know, at, at what happens in some of these key races. Do Democrats are they able to kind of thread the needle here um, in states, you know, and it's going to be a really tough map. Thirty plus days out, he's clearly doing everything he can in terms of money, but. You know, as we all know, it's it's hard, you know, early voting has already started. So we're going to start to see, you know, what that looks like. And certainly when it comes to the, um, you know, when it comes to the lame duck, it is going to be possibly jam-packed. Whether you look at same-sex marriage, he made a big gamble there, right? When he said he was going to not do the bill before the recess and when before people went back and campaigned to go home. He said I, he, they're going to do it in the lame duck. Does that work out in his favor, Jake? That we we don't know. You know, d- what happens in terms of a large omnibus package? What happens in terms of immigration? Something that, you know, Democrats have been promising that they are going to do something on for a very, very long time and nothing has happened. Yeah, I, you know, listen, I, let's move on to McConnell in a second here. Um, but um, the in the off chance that Schumer... <laughs> gains a bunch of seats um and i'm not talking about keeps the chamber but as 52 seats or 53 seats and Repub- and democrats keep the house obviously the lame duck is going to be you know not as a- not as active but i don't think you know i, I just don't think that's going to happen <laughs> All right, let's move on to Mitch McConnell, uh, the man of the hour when it is uh, when you comes to Senate Republicans. Um, you know, clearly he and his team and his kind of uh, emissaries forecasted the issue that we see popping up on the campaign trail every single day, that quote unquote candidate quality, Jake. Yeah, I mean, this is the main headline here, right? Um, look at Blake Masters in Arizona. Look at um, uh, Herschel Walker in Georgia. Um, two big two states Republicans should have had a much better chance in that they are really not I don't want to say struggling to put away, but at least are, are you know, um, uh, neck and neck in. I mean, in, in Arizona, Mark Kelly has maintained a relatively large lead um, uh, in some polls. Some polls are much closer. I, I would just say that there is um, there's time left. But if you had a Doug Ducey, who is a, a, a governor who, you know, routinely won with uh, uh pretty healthy margins in in Arizona. And I don't, I mean, the, the Georgia thing is a little bit more difficult to, um, to play Monday morning quarterback on, but I mean, um, Doug Ducey won his last reelection by 12 points statewide in 2014. Um, so, um, Candidates matter. McConnell makes that point all the time. And, uh, I mean, I I don't want to let him off the hook here because candidates matter. Um, but when the NRSC doesn't take a active role in primaries, you can't make the argument that candidates matter (laughs) because you're not doing anything to make sure you get the candidates you want. This has been a lot. We've had a lot, a lot of back and forth here with, um, with, uh, uh, the NRSC and some of the super PACs over this, because it, you know, the, 
when you don't get involved in primaries, you don't control the outcome. And I know that people say, well, let the voters choose. And I get that. I mean, obviously, the voters are going to choose either way. But if you don't try to get the outcome that you want, you're not going to get the outcome that you want or you have a lot less of a chance. I just want to say two quick things. One, I was talking to a Republican recently about this. And, and particularly when you look at Pennsylvania, David McCormick was recently speaking to a private group. And he said, man, you look at him and you thought... He, he would just him against Hef Fetterman. It would be a different race for Republicans uh, in a general election. Um, but, I, you know, this is something that has haunted Mitch McConnell for a very long time. This is not the first cycle. And when we sat down with him for his first kind of in-person public interview uh, in a long time earlier, um, you know, this year, it, he he really um, he, he acknowledged that right the names are imprinted in his brain of why he is ha, has previously been minority leader instead of majority leader and this could be another instance of that yeah I, I want to add one more thing I just want to uh, uh, revise and extend Doug Ducey won by 50, almost 15 points in 2018 not 12 points he won by he won by uh, 12 points in 2014 my math is a little bit off this morning um, uh, but it still it actually strengthens my argument that he's somebody who can and has won um, uh, statewide races. And um, when you don't have those candidates, it's difficult to win. Um, So anyway, that's that. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning. Um, We've got an interesting item by Berez on Speaker Nancy Pelosi and House Energy and Commerce Chair Frank Pallone raising concerns with the Federal Communications Commission about the multi-billion dollar acquisition of TV broadcaster Tegna Inc. Um, this is going to be interesting to see. You know, they are now kind of taking the mantle that we've all. There's already been some public interest groups, labor unions, including the News Guild and others, who have complained to the FCC about potential layoffs at local TV stations and higher cable bills for customers if the deal is approved. Um, that is because Apollo uh, Management is involved, a private equity company helping to finance the deal. Apollo also owns Cox Media Group. I want to just make one one quick point here, Anna, which is um, when letters come from Frank Pallone, they have one uh, meaning. When they come from Nancy Pelosi and Frank Pallone, they have another meaning. And um, of course, Congress doesn't have like a huge role in approving or any role at all in approving things like this. It's just a it's it it, it hits differently when Nancy Pelosi adds her, or is on a letter. I don't want to I don't want to. Um, um, say she's adding herself it just hits different when she's on you know when she when she's on the letter so i think this is going to land with a thud in a good in a it's going to land powerfully i don't think thud is the word i'm looking for there but it's gonna people are going to take notice of this letter uh in in those companies where uh that she's not criticizing but criticizing the process all right let's go to the number three story of the morning as always Jake and Max have a look around the campaign ad landscape, fundraising landscape. Um, You know, I continue to just be astounded by how much people are raising in House races and Senate races. What was, you know, previously a... You know, a cycle amount of money is now a quarter amount of money. But wow, Ashley Hinson, the Republican from Iowa, will report raising more than one point two five million in the third quarter, leaving the rising house GOP star with nearly one point seven million dollars on hand. Jake, that is a lot of cash for uh, Iowa. 
Yeah, it is. Um, uh, she faces Liz Mathis, who actually she worked with at a TV station briefly uh, in Iowa. Um, Small world in those those Midwestern states. Spoken like a true North Dakotan. Um, the um, I don't know. I think that Hinson's a huge rising star. She passed up on a bid to be House Republican Conference Chair when her friend Elise Stefanik uh, said she would run uh, for another term at the number three spot, or I guess it would be number four in the House if Republicans take the majority. Um, but Hinson is somebody to keep an eye on. Um, uh, this is a, the D triple C has it on its red to blue list, but it's not seen as terribly competitive. I think our friends at cook political report with Amy Walter has it as, um, lean Republican, but it's on, you know, it's on the map, um, uh, for both parties and Hinson's uh, quite clearly taking it seriously. Absolutely. Just two other things that I thought were super interesting. Billionaire political um, former Paul Michael Bloomberg gave $500,000 to in Union USA, which is spending money to boost Democrat John Fetterman in the Pennsylvania Senate race. Um, Just always interesting to see where Bloomberg is putting his bets. Um, Clearly, a lot of money right now is being dumped into uh, Pennsylvania as Democrats try to um, make Fetterman the next senator, and certainly Republicans are now going all in uh, on Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz. It's a big race. I mean, it's going to be one of the things to watch in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I We mentioned this in the McConnell item. I'll just mention it again now because, like... Uh, we've we've rounded out back to Fetterman and Oz. There's a a, a non-zero chance that that Mitch McConnell could have a conference that includes Doctor Oz and Herschel Walker, which um you know I, I never I, you know Mitch McConnell doesn't walk on water, but he that I know of I've never seen him I've never seen him in front of a body of water, but I don't think he does. Uh, he is. Uh, He's he's proven adept at controlling his conference. I mean, he's got some interesting characters in there now, and he's proven pretty pretty talented at keeping them in check. Now, uh, might Doctor Oz and and uh, Herschel Walker be a different flavor of Republican? I don't know, but we will be there watching Anna. Absolutely. Could be very interesting times. Um, Just a quick note. I want to remind everyone that we are very much looking forward to our first October event. You can join us for a one-on-one conversation with Representative French Hill, the Republican from Arkansas, next Wednesday at 9 a.m. for a virtual event. Our very own Heather Cagle is going to be headlining that as uh, leading that conversation as well. Excited to have her in the mix. Uh, They're going to be talking about issues facing American workers and their impact on financial financial security going to be very interesting um with that thanks so much for listening leave us a rating and review you can also subscribe to our free morning newsletter at punchbowl.news have a great day and stay safe